Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thanks for stopping by, and welcome to the Buckeye Zone. This is where we break down anything and everything related to our favorite college football program, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Oh, boy, Buckeye Nation. Did you like that game? We were going up against Sparty. It was senior day there in Columbus. A lot of emotions were running high, and... Um, A lot of tears were shed before the game, and you know what? Probably during the game, too, especially on the side that was wearing green and white because this game was pretty much over after the first quarter, and at halftime, the Buckeyes could just put it on cruise control. It was 49-0 to at halftime. C.J. Stroud just lit them up. Buckeyes rolled 56 to 7 which was the final score but holy smokes what in the world I was not expecting that I figured the Buckeyes would come out strong and want to make a statement playing a team that was supposedly ranked in the top 10 Um, I just don't see it I don't understand how they were ranked that high but then again I didn't understand why Iowa was ranked so high, and uh, you know what? They learned. We learned that they were a fraud too. So, uh, Buckeyes just came out and they were on fire. C.J. Stroud, holy smokes, man! Uh, he definitely pr- propelled himself to be uh, one of the top two candidates for the Heisman Trophy because he was on fire literally came out on fire. I think he ended up breaking JT Barrett's record for uh, most consecutive passes. I think he ended up having 17. I think Barrett's was 16. Came out, just lit him up, man. His total for the game was 32 completions out of 35 attempts. That's insane. That is just remarkable. Ended up having 432 passing yards, six touchdowns, which ties a school record also, and zero interceptions. Just the man was on fire. That that young man, uh, you can see why Ryan Day and the rest of the uh, uh, Buckeye players and coaches have just been raving about this guy for a while now. I know that he's taken some time to warm up to, you know, the fans and whatnot, but Holy smokes. That, that's that's definitely a performance for the ages. He had more <laughs> he had more uh, touchdowns than he had incompletions. That's that's remarkable. Like my mind is still blown about that. So he he was on fire. Then the rest of the, the guys are on offense. Well defense too, because you know what? Defense gave up zero points in the first half. Um uh, but we'll talk about them in a little bit. But, man, the offense. Uh, Henderson had nine attempts for 63 yards, no touchdowns, which was kind of surprising because, you know, he's been a touchdown machine himself this season. And I would expect him next week to uh, uh, break Maurice Claret's uh, true freshman touchdown record. He's definitely got some games uh, in order to do that. And then Master Teague, it was nice to see him out there. Uh, probably his final game there in the horseshoe. had He had, he had an increased workload. He had 21 attempts 
for 95 yards and a touchdown. And that was great by the fans, by the way. Uh, just cheering on Master Teague, especially late in the game, uh, late in the fourth quarter. They wanted to see him punch it into the end zone. The guy has been a true professional. It, it, it can't be easy. Uh, you know, he's put his time in there at Columbus and um, in that program. He, he's just been a workhorse, and it, it, his career probably hasn't turned out the way he thought it would be. Um, thought he would be the heir apparent to J.K. Dobbins, and honestly, uh, you know, he, he didn't have quite the skill set as J.K., and that's why he got leapfrogged. I mean, he got jumped in the depth chart. And yeah, I'm sure it wasn't easy watching a, a five-star true freshman come in like Henderson uh, take his spot. And he was actually jumped by uh, Mayan Williams, too, uh, earlier in the season. So, yeah, he, he could have been, you know, a cancer in the locker room. He could have come out and said negative things about the coaching staff and and made things known that he was unhappy about, you know, losing his starting role and, and, and playing time. But, you know, he, like I said, he was a professional. He went about his business, continued working hard. Um, he's still on the team. He didn't, you know, quit and enter the transfer portal midseason. You know, he, he did the, everything the right way. Um, and so it was just good to see him out there, uh, getting a bulk of the, the workload and then having the fans cheer him on. You know, it's, it's nice to, you know, have uh, recognition by the fans and all your hard work uh, being uh, appreciated. And that was, that was a special moment, Buckeye Nation. I want to applaud you for uh, cheering him on like that. It was, it was just a good moment. But yeah, switching gears back to the uh, passing game. Chris Olave, you know, we know everything that he's uh, done for this program. Unbelievable. He uh, ended up breaking David Boston's uh, touchdown receiving record. He ended up having two, and those were fantastic moments right there when he tied it and when he went around him. Uh, seven catches, 140 yards, two touchdowns. It was just, that's, you know, what, kind of what we expect of Chris. I mean, he's he's always going to give you a maximum effort. He's always going to put up uh, solid numbers. And it's just been fun to watch that guy uh, come back, play his senior season at Ohio State. And, you know, he's, he's just been a joy to watch over his career. And he will probably go down as, you know, in most people's minds, the, the best receiver Ohio State's had. Now, you know, a lot of people like to look at the post-career of college and see what you've done in the NFL. You know, people like to look at Chris Carter as the best uh, receiver ever at Ohio State, and yeah, he he should be up there. You know, he think of all the numbers he could have had uh, if he, you know, didn't get kicked off the team and play his senior season. But then I think of the same thing about Chris Alave. You know, Alave barely played his freshman season. The COVID season, he only had half a season. So just think of the numbers that Olave would have put up if, you know, he was actually on the field as often as, you know, people may forget. 
as time passes on. So congratulations to Chris Olave for breaking David Boston's record. Uh, Garrett Wilson, he's unbelievable himself. He had another uh, seven catches, 126 yards, and also matched Olave's uh, number there with touchdowns with two. Uh, Jackson Smith-Najigba, 10 receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. You know, these three guys are unbelievable. It was kind of funny uh, watching the pregame uh, show, and, and Kurt Herbstreet was uh, talking to the boys and uh, to those three receivers, and <laughs> they've got the nickname now, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's kind of funny. And, uh, you know, it, it's a tight-knit group, and, you know, they look like they're having fun. They look like they're pulling for each other. They want each other to uh, do well. And it, it's it's good to see, you know, a tight knit group like those receivers. You know, they, they they even mentioned it in the broadcast. You know that they the receivers understand and know that there's only one football. Their time will come. Uh, it's just fun to be out there. Not even if they're not the ones receiving, and the other two guys are doing a bulk of the catches for a particular day. Everybody's going to have, you know, that day. They're going to have their moment and uh, appreciate that. And, you know, it starts with those three guys being unselfish and and actually understanding the game that, you know, you want the quarterback to throw the ball to the guy who's open, not just throw me the ball. So it's it's, it's fun to see those guys uh, cheering each other on and, and having fun while out there playing because, you know, you don't need any diva wide receivers out there thinking it's all about me and, and why not throwing the ball my way. I was open on this particular play. Hey, you know what? <laughs> it, it's hard to play quarterback. It's it's hard to read a defense and then all of a sudden there's uh, uh, switching of the assignments right before the play happens. Like, you know what? Have faith in your quarterback. Have faith in your coaches. They've been doing great so far. Just let them <laughs> do their thing. So anyway, uh, that wraps up the offense. Uh, they were definitely on fire, especially the passing game. Defense uh, came out. They, my goodness, they, they were on fire as well. Uh, defense only recorded two sacks, but I think that's because, uh, you know, the defense kind of uh, let off the gas a little bit there. Uh, you know, they, they just pretty much wanted to get this game over with, kind of like the previous week, really. You know, why why create a bunch of chaos and maybe save some defensive schemes for next week's game, maybe? Um, you know, they they were doing their thing, obviously. <laughs> it was 49-0 at halftime. So, you know, not really um, any issues at all with this entire game, to be quite honest. Uh, let me see here what's going on. Uh, Peyton Thorne, their quarterback. Oof. Oof. Not good. Uh, 14 of 36. 158 yards. And uh, through the one touchdown. Mm. Not not good. <laughs> that, that, that was not uh, a very good performance. And one thing I did notice for the pass defense that I liked. Uh, there was quite a few uh, pass breakups. 
by these uh, receivers, or uh, excuse me, by the uh, the cornerbacks and the safeties. They were they were on point, man. They 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 looked like they were you know playing with some uh, controlled anger out there, and it was great to see because up front they were gonna have their uh, hands cut out for themselves. This was being billed as you know you know a make or break uh, game. Not just for Stroud in the Heisman candidate uh, race, but uh, for Kenneth Walker III, you know, their star running back for Sparty. He did not do very well. (laughs) Uh, It looks like he only had, what, uh, six attempts? Yeah, I think he had six attempts for 25 yards, zero touchdowns. So Buckeyes defense came ready to play. They were uh, wanting to prove something to the college football world that uh, you know this defense has improved, and they wanted to make sure everybody knew that. And to be quite honest, I think after the first quarter, possibly a little bit later on in the second quarter, I think Mel Tucker decided you know to shut uh, Kenneth Walker down. Um, you know, it was pretty clear early on that you know Michigan State was not going to win the game. So why tote him out there and, and possibly get hurt? Um, you know, they still got some other games left in their season, so what's the point of having them out there if you know you're going to get uh, blown out? You know what? Save them. You know, it kind of sucks that, you know, at least for at least for uh, Kenneth Walker III to, you know, have his uh, Heisman Trophy campaign shot down like that, but... You know, I, I honestly don't think he would have done much better, uh, especially in the second half. The, the Buckeyes' defense, they were just on top of it. They were shutting it down. They were getting a bigger push up front uh, with their defensive line. Linebackers were uh, plugging the plugging the gaps, and, and there weren't too many holes uh, for him to be running through. So uh, Buckeyes' defense, they... They did their part, too. They they were on fire. I don't know why I keep saying that, but they were. It was just a fantastic game, you guys. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, didn't really have to watch much of the second half uh, for the you know game totals here. The Buckeyes um, outgained Sparty 655 to 224. I believe the stat showed up on... Uh, on the TV that they had 500 yards alone in the first half. So that's just unbelievable. Uh, Passing ended up being 449 to 158, and rushing was 206 to a total of 66 rushing yards for Sparty. So Buckeyes, they were were putting in some work. They they did what they needed to do. Um, Third downs, the Buckeyes defense held Sparty to uh, uh, five in their 16 attempts. And they only had a total of 12 first downs in the entire game. So that's unbelievable. They they came ready to play, guys. Uh, like I said, Sparty, I think, came into the game ranked seventh. Yeah, no, that didn't look like the seventh-ranked team in the nation. I'm sorry, that... Mm, no, that, that was not what I would say what a top 10 team looked like. Uh, there's no way you should be getting blown out like that. So 
Um, you know, just congratulations to our Buckeyes. They did a fantastic job. Um, you know, I'm thinking maybe Sparty's maybe regretting the fact that they gave their head coach, Mel Tucker, uh, it's been, it was reported earlier in the week, a $95 million contract for 10 years. That That's insane. Like, he's done nothing to deserve a contract that size to be the second highest paid coach in all of college football. Like, this is only his third year as a head coach. His first and only year at uh, Colorado, I think he was like five and seven. Um, last year, not so good with Sparty during the COVID year, so people can kind of, you know, wash that away. But, yeah, he, he is not deserving the second highest paid contract. Uh, now, that was being reported. Who knows if that actually got – that deal got signed and, and, and it's done and everything, but not good. Not good at all. Um, let's see what other things I wanted to talk about. We had, uh, uh, the Heisman talk. Now it looks like it's going to be Stroud versus Young. Um, Bryce Young of, uh, Alabama, he put up some numbers. Then again, they were struggling, man. Uh, so he had to play all four quarters. And I'm just thinking, what type of numbers would Stroud have if he got to play all four quarters against Sparty? What if he didn't hurt his shoulder and wasn't held out of the Akron game? Think of the numbers he would have put up during that game. I mean, my goodness. So, I don't know. I would say the leader in the clubhouse right now is C.J. Stroud. Um, just being a little biased, that that would be my pick at the moment. Um, some other goofy things that had happened. There's some uh, national pundits out there. I won't name names. are making comments saying that, you know, Stroud shouldn't be the leader in the clubhouse for this award that are saying it's only Bryce Young and he's the only one that should be out there doing it because you know his talent is not as good as the receiving core there at Ohio State and I'm sitting here thinking really Alabama doesn't have any talent I mean my goodness they've been you know one of the leaders in recruiting classes ever since uh, Nick Saban got to Tuscaloosa Alabama I mean, just in recent years, they had the number one recruiting class, according to uh, 24-7 Sports, uh, in 2021, 2019, and 2017. They were number two in 2020, and in 2018, they were number five. So they've had a top five recruiting class the last five years. But yet, you're going to throw shade at C.J. Stroud and Ohio State and say they don't have, Alabama doesn't have the talent like Ohio State? Like, what? Like, some of these people just, when they say things, do they actually believe it? Because it doesn't make sense. Like, you would think they would stop saying stuff mid-sentence and realize, oh, wait, yeah, you know, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. But whatever, these guys get paid by the, you know, the big media types. Okay, whatever. Uh, you know, I guess they're doing it for clickbait. I don't know. But yeah, whatever. Uh, so yeah. CJ Stroud, he's the leader for me to be the next Heisman Trophy uh, winner. Um, yeah, no, just congratulations all around to the Buckeyes. Um, senior day there at Columbus. Um, you know, it's kind of sad that the season's coming to an end, but exciting at the same time to see what 
uh, may happen here soon in the postseason. We've got one more game. Don't overlook uh, the team up north. Rivalry week. It's going to be up there in Ann Arbor next week. So uh, hold on to your butts, Buckeye Nation. Uh, it's going to be a fun game. Looks like they're going to be ranked in the top five. It's going to be a, a great game. No doubt about it. There, there's been quite a few classics over the last uh, century that they've been playing, uh, especially in recent memory. Uh, Ryan Day, I have total confidence in you, sir. Uh, get these boys ready. I know you guys aren't going to be overlooking this team, and um, you know what? It's going to be a fun, fun day. Okay, that's enough for me. Um, once again, Buckeye Nation, thank you for uh, listening, and um, hopefully we'll come out of Ann Arbor with a W, move on to Indy, and, and play for a Big Ten championship. So, Buckeye Nation, thanks again for everything. Spread the word on uh, Facebook and get Buckeye Zone out there to all your friends and, and family members alike. And get ready for Thanksgiving. So, Buckeye Nation, love you guys, and talk to you next week.